0: Thank you all so much for clicking on this NFL video. I really do appreciate it. Now, if you're like me, you're probably itching for the start of the NFL season. And if you're also like me, you can't get enough NFL coverage and videos and all of that. So if you want daily NFL videos, you've come to the right spot. If you have not already, if you're one of the 60-something percent who watch our videos but aren't actually subscribed, now is the time to change that. Hit that big red button. And coming up next, NFL news and rumors. Today's NFL Daily is made possible by our friends over at Manscaped. We'll tell you a little bit more about them here coming up in a little bit. But first, there are some rumors and news we got to get into. We're going to begin today with one Deshaun Watson and where things currently stand on his contract negotiations and all that with the Houston Texans. Now, right now, Watson is not worried about his contract, and I get what he's doing here. It's very similar to what Dak Prescott has done over the past couple of months with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Watson reportedly wants a shorter deal, allegedly a three-year contract. I think he might be able to get that because there's no one in Houston to stop Bill O'Brien right now. Now, regardless of what the length looks like that will impact the per-year value, Watson's going to be expensive, and he knows that if I wait, I'm going to get more in the long run. Here's what he had to say. My representation and the organization have definitely been talking, but timing is everything. Right now, I'm just focused on football, my team, building this chemistry and building this offense. What Watson is not so subtly acknowledging here is if he waits, he's going to get more. That is simply how the quarterback market looks like. We are not we are just a couple years away from the likes of Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Stafford and Derek Carr being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Now Derek Carr is not even top 10. A year ago, Carson Wentz was in this top 5. Now he's not. Jared Goff has gone from number 2 to number 5. Patrick Mahomes blew it out of the water. So whatever Watson gets, probably over 40 million per year, especially if it's just a 3-year deal, if it's longer I think he could legitimately approach, probably not surpass, but approach Patrick Mahomes type of money if he waits till after Dak Prescott signs. Dak might be getting 40, Watson might be getting 41 or 42. So I'm going to make this next question the pinned comment on today's video. What would you pay Deshaun Watson per year? What is that magical number? At some level, for me, I just have. A, I think if I have a franchise guy, I'm going to almost hand him a blank check. But let me know what you guys think so if you get the ad break here on, on YouTube, scroll on down and make your best guess slash prediction. Let's move on now to George Kittle. Speaking of contracts that might not be going well, NFL Network's Mike Silver says the, the Kittle and the Niners really aren't that close with San Francisco being, being prepared to reset the tight end market. Duh. Kittle, though, once more because the tight end market has not been very ex, uh, expensive and Kittle's the best player on that offense, I would argue by a pretty decent margin, no respect to those offensive linemen. Mike Silver also threw out the idea of Kittle opting out, which, for the record, stupid, because all it does is just kick the can a year down the road. Now he's trying to get paid having not played a season. I don't think that makes much sense for Kittle. Now, the tight end market, we know Kittle is going to surpass that. He's going to get at least $11 million per year. He's better than Austin Hooper. It, the tight end market, frankly is long overdue for a significant reset. Uh, George Kittle is going to be the guy who resets that market. The question is, how close to the top-end wide receivers does Kittle end up getting paid like? I, he's not going to beat Julio. He's not going to beat Amari Cooper. I don't think, but I'll tell you what. I do see a scenario in which he could legitimately ask for $18 million per year or maybe $17 million per year. And if I'm the Niners, I know that's expensive, but he's your best offensive player. Maybe you just pay that guy. Maybe you try and settle in the middle ground and make it like the running back market at 15 or 16. So will a George Kittle deal get done? Type Y for yes or type N for no? I think it does because this is George Kittle. This is a guy who is, I think, if you would include, exclude positional value, i.e. don't overload the quarterbacks, a top 10 player in the NFL. So cast your votes. Y for yes, N for no. I remain a big fan. I think it makes sense. At some point, I think they just got to pay him. Uh, today's show, as mentioned, brought to you by Manscaped. If you want the Lawn Mower 3.0, that is the number one men's grooming tool out there, head over to manscaped.com slash chat. That'll automatically apply promo code chat, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping. You don't have to just take my word for it. You can ask my wife. You can ask producer Dylan's girlfriend. She told me she's a big fan of when I use it. Manscape.com/chat gets you the Lawnmower 3.0, 20% off and a free shipping. And don't worry, folks, I have that link in the comments and I've got it in the description. About Clowny and the 49ers. Wait, what now? Yeah, it's the report from whatever PickSix.com is. Now that report also said there was nothing close. More so, just checking in. So allow me to do everyone a favor here and tell you what happened. I will read between the lines, something I I think I'm quite good at. The Niners probably did check in with Clowney, hoping, well, hey, what if we offered him like a one-year, $5 million deal? Maybe his price has dropped significantly. It hasn't. Clowney's demands remain significantly high, although, boy, I'll tell you, the Niners somehow getting Clowney would be fascinating because you have Nick Bosa, have D. Ford, you have Kinlaw, you have Eric Armstead, the Niners love to throw assets at, at that defensive line and add impact players. It's a fun idea. I don't think it happens because the Niners, like mentioned previously, have to pay George Kittle. They got somebody more impactful, more important to their team that is waiting for a big time contract. I don't think George Kittle would be very happy if he's asking for, let's just say, $15 million, and the Niners go, yeah, Clowney, here's 12. Yeah, it's not going to go over very well. Now, Clowney, of course, has been heavily linked to teams like the Titans and the Seattle Seahawks. But let's focus in on those two NFC West teams. Who is more likely to sign Clowney? Type SF if you think it's the San Francisco 49ers or type SEA if you think it's Seattle. Of course, neither might end up signing them. But between the two, I'm going to go with Seattle. Antonio Brown now, who has been suspended for eight games, which might just spell the end of his chances of joining the Seattle Seahawks because, A, he's already going to miss half the season, and B, he's also still under NFL investigation for the sexual assault accusation he's been dealing with. So it's eight games minimum, possibly more. Now, Brown has been linked and I'm sure will continue to be linked to the Seattle Seahawks But a suspension plus lingering uncertainty plus the whole retirement, not retirement thing doesn't go well. Uh, Impact-wise, he'd be a great addition to Seattle, who's clearly all in right now in the middle of this this window with quarterback Russell Wilson, only barely on the wrong side of 30. And he'd be a perfect number three receiver because Antonio Brown would really be a, a borderline number one receiver. And Lockett, Metcalf, and AB, if AB's head is on straight, is one of the best trios if not the best trio in the nfl in fact i think it actually would be the best trio the issue is he's not trustworthy you can't trust him at all so i don't know what's going to end up happening here with antonio brown i will use his initials for this one would you sign him a for yes b for no i wouldn't i think it's too much of a, of a locker room issue he's too much of a problem if i were seattle I would much rather choose to instead pursue a Josh Gordon, a player that team has been linked to repeatedly. So for Seattle, I'd go pick him up quickly. It's a simple B B for no for me. Now, Seahawks fans, if you haven't already, hit that big red button and subscribe. If you're watching on our main NFL channel, it's YouTube.com slash Seahawks TV. The link is in the description and in the comments as well. We have just launched our Seahawks channel, and it is the fastest-growing one in chat sports history. So if you're a Seahawks fan and you want daily videos, if you haven't already, hit that big red button and subscribe today. Let's go over to the Cleveland Browns now, where David Njoku no longer wants to be traded. He's changed his mind and maybe shouldn't be a huge surprise because the Browns were not going to trade him. He has rescinded his trade request which the Browns quite frankly never really considered they they, they leaked the report that, the, that they wanted a first round pick for him they were never going to get it but they did that because they didn't want to trade away in Joku. they were not actually considering such a move Cleveland is going to use two tight end sets this year now in Joku's 2018 very promising that the, that production is very much a starting caliber tight end production maybe not quite what they're hoping for but pretty damn good Then he was hurt for most of 2019 and was just never the same guy. Got in the doghouse and never got out of it. But a new coaching staff comes in, Kevin Stefanski. He likes two tight end sets. So Austin Hooper, they paid. He's going to be tight end one, but they will use David Njoku. Last year, Minnesota, they used Kyle Rudolph and they used Irv Smith. So you will see Njoku out there. He is going to be a part of this team. And the Browns, they're very glad he's finally rescinded that trade request. All right, some more NFL opt-outs and, and COVID updates here. Matthew Stafford, along, by the way, with Jaguars quarterback Gardner Minshew, that just came across the, the wire too, have been, have been placed on the COVID-19 list, which means they, they've either A, tested positive, or B, come in extremely close contact with someone who has. Now, Stafford and the Lions, it's Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkinson, and others who have all been placed on that list. Ron Allison just opted out. Stafford, it's concerning because of his wife's uh, Kelly's medical history. Hopefully, everyone is okay there. The good news for the, for the Detroit fans: once he's cleared, he will be able to return. So any player going on that list—Galladay, Stafford, Gardner Minshew, and uh, Rico Armstead—got placed on it for the Jacks today. Once they're cleared, they will be able to return. It's a matter of exactly how long that takes. Now, hopefully, the NFL can avoid some. Frankly, MLB-esque disasters because the the Cardinals, the St. Louis version, and the Marlins have not been able to avoid positive tests. So will there be an NFL season? Type one for yes or zero for no. Hopefully, I see nothing but ones in there in the comments section. Now, part of the NFL process here is is the the opt-out deadline for players who are either high-risk or voluntary opting out of the season. We are already past 40 opt-outs across the NFL, uh, NFL team so far. Originally, the plan between the NFL and the NFLPA was the deadline is a week after they finalize the paperwork and the agreement and all of that. As of right now, that is still not done. That has not been finalized yet. So in theory, earliest it could be is, is a week from now. However, the NFL is trying to push up that deadline. They fear that players are... Either who either A, weren't going to make the team or using it to get paid now, and then they don't have to go chase him down and whatnot, or they're worried about players using it as leverage for an extension, which you saw the, the idea floated out there about George Kittle. That could be a problem. So we'll see if it actually happens, but we might know every player opting out because of that deadline in, in a very, very near future. Perhaps the most significant opt-out as of right now, CJ Mosley, the Jets linebacker, He is one of the best, if not the outright best player to opt out at this point. He's played in just two games since signing his five-year, $85 million deal. The opt-out will save New York about $7.5 million, but that is a critical blow to a defense that already lost Jamal Adams. That's their two best defensive players not playing in 2020. But no NFL team has been hit harder by the opt-out, or players opting out, I should say, excuse me, then the New England Patriots, Dante Hightower, Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung have all opted out. Brandon Bolden, the, the special team stud, he's also opted out. And now there are a couple new ones. It was six the last time we discussed this. Now it's eight. Vitalian uh, Torrin, those were known. Marquise Lee, who was hoping to potentially compete for, if not a role, or if not a starting spot, at least a role at wide receiver, a bad receiving core for the Patriots, and Matt LaCosse, who kind of sort of started some games for them last year, you can make the legitimate argument, folks. The Patriots have lost five potential starters, two players opting out. That is a significant loss for New England, and it might not be over just yet.